Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Monday, January 30th, 2023. We're Grant and Danny, and this is the Fan, a Darius Dameron, Ryan Clary production. And then there were two. We've got ourselves a Super Bowl matchup. The Eagles destroy the 49ers 31-7. The Chiefs outlast and survive the Bengals 23-20. Philadelphia, Kansas City, Super Bowl 57. What do you say, bud? couple things. Number one. Quick uh, shout-out to the folks at Rudy's Golf. My oldest said, I want to hit golf balls. He'd never held a golf club before. So I said, well, I heard J.P. Finley on the radio talking about these guys in Alexandria. Easy hop, skip, and a jump. Went over there and had a blast. Had some French fries and pretzels before 11 a.m. It was really, really fun. The place is cool. That's uh, a quick shout-out there. Second, I'm so angry. I am incensed. I am enraged. I'm mad at everything and everyone. So my co-host, the good pal, Grant H. Paulson, you could follow him at Grant H. Paulson on the uh, all the socials, has a thing. And his thing is, you guys remember that Miami game when they went for two and didn't get it and Washington could have gotten Joe Burrow in the draft, but because Washington won, then they couldn't get Joe Burrow anymore. And he talks about that a lot. And I get that because I understand it. I was there too. Here's my version of that. Two years and 26 days ago, the Philadelphia Eagles were trailing 17-14 at 4-10-1, and one, and they put in Nate Sudfeld. And I don't know where Nate Sudfeld is right now. I'm sure he's doing great things. They put him in to make sure that they would lose to the then 7-9 and nine commanders team. That Eagles team, which was a couple year, years removed from a Super Bowl in their own right, was tanking and terrible. Two years later, dominant, excellent Super Bowl again, and they're probably going to win the stupid thing. Meanwhile, we got Major Tutty. Meanwhile, we got... We're the commanders. <laughs> we got, I don't put any expectations on us. Playoffs, that's too much. That's that. Don't say the P word. I think we were pretty good this year, okay? We got some growth. We matured in a lot of ways. Losers fire everyone immediately. Bring me a genius. Anytime anybody walks in there that's not a genius that's in charge should be fired. Try again. Don't stop until you find me another Howie Roseman. Do not stop until a genius is running every single element of this organization. No more losers, no more below average, no more, oh, we got to mature, we got to do some good things this year, okay? And you got to remember, I don't have to remember anything. They're great, and they were terrible while you've been spinning your wheels. It's all I want to talk about. I'm so angry, and I also hate Philadelphia. What's up, Grant? Everything's good. I'm glad you got that off your chest. We can together hold we, hands before we I end of the program. Yeah, I get it. I get, get the frustration. It. I mean, first of all, they have a better owner. Yep. They have a general manager. We don't have one here in oh, Washington. I'm so jealous of that. Howie Roseman's outstanding. If they win another Super Bowl, he will definitively be a Hall of Fame executive. I would make the case by building two different championship caliber teams. He probably already is. 
But while they have a great one and they get to debate whether or not he's a Hall of Famer, Washington has not had a real general manager other than Scott McLuhan for two years, if you count him. And part of that time, he wasn't really running anything. Since I was a child, yep. when Dan Snyder came here and blew out Charlie Casserly, and they've never had a legitimate pecking order with a GM who hires a coach who picks a quarterback since that not moment. one time. They have not tried it. I don't know why they haven't tried it, but they have not tried it. I got a pretty good indicator as to why. It's I know because why. Dan Snyder's not that interested in doing that, but this is where we are. So they have Howie Roseman, who's great. They have a better head coach than Washington does, Nick Sirianni. While he comes off like a guy who I would never want to hang out with, he comes off like the dude at the party where you go and all the couples get together and have dinner, and then you tell your wife when you get home you don't want to hang out with that guy anymore. Let's not go out with the the Sirianni's anymore. Nick's kind of a tool. South Jersey dude, bro. Pretty good football coach. Yep. They have a better quarterback, and that's really the difference, I would say. Now, remember, they already had Jalen Hurts on their roster that night. Uh Uh-huh. And so that's the only hole I think that can be punched into what you're talking about is this was going to happen whether they tanked that night or not because they got the answer key, which is a MVP caliber quarterback that makes everything okay. Who was 7 for 20 in that game before they benched him. Who Correct. was not a good thrower of the football. They knew Wentz wasn't it. And here we are going, bring us Carson Wentz. This will work. They said, no, 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 no. The washed up piece of trash is not for us. And they built and built and built and added draft picks and prioritized future success over small little worthless morsels and little tiny crumbs of nothingness. No, it's a better organization. They do everything better and they have a correct process. There's no denying that. My point is just that when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, they hit the lottery. Yes, they did. Because even next year, he's not going to be one of the top 15 or 20 or 25 or 30 highest paid quarterbacks in the league as a rookie contract QB on a second round deal. And so that is the ultimate antidote to all of the spending problems and cap issues that teams have. So that's just a get out of jail free card. But yes, there's no denying one team correctly valued and understood where they were in the world, and the other can't help themselves. The other wears a black T-shirt and stares at the mirror on their <laughs> fattest day and says, I don't think I need to lose any weight. I look pretty good. I can fool them tonight. Maybe they'll think that I've been eating good because this shirt looks just so on me. No, they get on the scale and they go, we got to do something about this. And they start dieting and they start working out. They don't buy bigger clothes and say everything's going to be okay. I'll I'll just I'll just worry about it another day. These are two very very different organizations. But because Hertz was on the roster and yes, oddly, he was not a finished product as a rookie. Even last year, I, I was loud wrong. I thought this guy was a low-end starter in this league because I didn't think he had what it took as a passer. He's really really good. I didn't even think he was particularly good yesterday. I mean, if if you just watch that game, you have no idea how good Jalen Hurts is. Because he was fine. He was just a guy that happened to be there as they ran for 150 yards, some of those with his legs, against the San Francisco 49ers' dominant defense that the Eagles' offensive line by the end of the game was mauling. Let's get into the two games. Mm -hmm. So we'll start with the first of them and, and the game we're alluding to here. The San Francisco 49ers, by losing Brock Purdy on his second pass of the day and by... Losing subsequently Josh Johnson to a concussion after that had no chance. And this is not to take away from the Eagles at all. 
Congratulations to them. They did a lot of things well as that game went on. But they punted on three straight drives. The game was tied after Josh Johnson led a touchdown. We would have possibly had an entertaining good football game, even with fourth quarterback Josh Johnson at the controls. When he went down and their debate was Brock Purdy handing it off and you're going 10 against 11, or a wildcat where you have a couple of plays maybe and you haven't practiced at all, it was only a matter of time before that game got ugly, and that's what happened. I felt bad for the 49ers. I felt bad for us. We were robbed of, it seemed like, what could have been a great football game based on the the early returns. So the there's two sides to the coin. I think you touched on it. Bad fortune for San Francisco, but that was made by really the best part of Philadelphia about, about the Eagles roster. And Hertz gets all the attention, rightfully so. He was an MVP candidate before getting hurt. The Eagles' pass rush is the thing, man. This pass rush is so incredible, that's what caused it. Brock Purdy didn't just hurt his arm you know, on a weird throw. It wasn't just some fluky thing. It was pass rush that got to him. And it was pass rush that got to Josh Johnson. That pass rush is incredible. 70 sacks this year, 15 more than the second-place team. That's the story. When Hassan Reddick was a free agent, uh, not this past year, I think it was the year before, I, you know, you and I raised our hands going, why does nobody seem to want double-digit sack maker uh, Hassan Reddick? Philadelphia goes, we'll take him. He'll be part of our rotation where he sacks the quarterback a ton. Javon Hargrave, absolute beast. You can go down the list of guys. Their backup situational defensive tackle pass rusher is some loser named Ndamukong Sue, who was awesome yesterday as well. They are committed to it, and they are excellent at it. That was the story to me. It took San Francisco from a team that might have been able to, as you said correctly, I think, trade blows with them to someone that had no chance. That's not hyperbolic. They had no chance. Once Josh Johnson, Josh Johnson, rather, used for me to say, went down, that was the ball game. That was it because, as you said, they, they, there's nobody who could come in and throw the pass. It was Purdy who could throw a screen at best, and even that looked labored. The game ended at that point because of that Eagles pass rush, and, and they earned it, man. They're really good. Yeah. 78 sacks now for this team as the, the numbers continue to pile up. Four away from the all-time mark when you count the playoffs, and that's one of the great Bears defenses ever that had 82 sacks. And as you said, they can come at you and get you from all angles, man. In two playoff games now, Reddick has three and a half, Sweat has one and a half, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham all have sacks as well. And all those guys, or most of those guys, had double-digit sacks this season. They're two D tackles combined for 18. They've got like the Allen Payne numbers on the interior with multiple edge rushers who have 10 and one who had almost 20. Yeah, what Young and Sweater supposed to be, those guys are. It is crazy. I'll say this, though. You get a lot of sacks. Normally, quarterbacks don't get hurt. right? So people are like, well, they earned the quarterbacks getting hurt. That's a fluke thing that happens or it doesn't. right? Your arm's going forward as you get hit. Nine times out of 10, you just stay on the field and keep playing football. And what never happens is two quarterbacks get hurt in the same game. You can count on one hand over five years how many times two quarterbacks have gotten hurt in one game. And that's why I think I feel really, really bad for San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan and that offense that if you're George Kittle or Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel, uh, Kittle had a really good line after the game. Someone asked him something about, you know, how do you feel uh, that your season ended basically because, (laughs) you know, you guys didn't have a quarterback. He's like, you're asking how I feel about us running out of quarterbacks in the NFC Championship game? The guy was like, yeah, he's like, I feel pretty crappy. But he didn't say crappy. You know, it's like. Rams with Smitty. It's not a great feeling, man. (laughs) Like, it it wasn't cool. It wasn't fun to be there. 
Uh, but 31-7 final score, Eagles back to the Super Bowl. And then the AFC game delivered. Really, really good. Fourth time that the Bengals and the Chiefs have played in this series now, dating back to last year. And all four of those contests were decided by a field goal. There were obviously plenty of calls as this game went on. Some of them were obviously wrong. Some of them were obviously correct. The officials had their fingerprints all over the game. In the end, the Chiefs survive and advance 23-20. to They are on to the Super Bowl. I will say this. The roughing call at the end of the game, and I don't know why, but there are some people who think that that shouldn't have been called, was 1,000% the correct call. I feel horrendous for the second-year player, the third-round pick, who shoved Patrick Mahomes. Joseph Osai, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Really, really, truly, I feel bad for him as he was seen visibly sobbing on the sideline after he cost his team the game. But no game comes down to one play. The Bengals had their chances. I thought Frank Clark and Chris Jones took over up front. Last week, the Bengals' offensive line was the story because the Bills couldn't get to Joe Burrow despite a makeshift group in front of him. The Chiefs' defensive line kicked Cincinnati's O-line's butt. I thought the Kansas City offensive line won against Cincinnati's defensive line. Agree. And on one leg, Patrick Mahomes throwing for two, 326 and a pair of touchdowns was the story. Had a big scramble when he needed it. What a virtuoso epic performance for him. What a game. Again, just two elite top-of-the-line quarterbacks trading blows. And it, it wasn't mistake-free. I mean, Burrow had an interception there late in the game. And two picks total. That was costly. And, you know, nothing was perfect, but it was really, really good. And you knew that Pat Mahomes was going to make that one play. I didn't know it was going to be with his feet. I thought he would escape and, and you know, do some kind of weird sidearm, shortstop charging a ground ball type flick. It turns out that you hadn't seen him move like that since, I don't know, what, a month ago? And that's as fast as I've ever seen him get to that sideline on that play and end up being a late hit. I thought the officiating was pretty bad, I, I, well, really for both games, but really it, it, it was more profound, I think, in that Kansas City-Cincinnati game. Just some of the mechanical things just didn't look good, right? I understand the one guy blowing his whistle, waving his arms off, a play gets run, Zach Taylor's incredulous. Thank goodness that didn't end up hurting anybody, right? Because there's, a there's a, I guess, the sack the next play. Or maybe it did. Maybe there's a penalty in the second. Yeah, there, there was a penalty. Never mind. Yeah, the next play, they got a sack, but it looked even worse because then Eli Apple was flagged for a hold. For a hold. But the, A, that was a hold. It was. You got to call it. Yep. And I don't have a horse in this race, but also, I'm sorry that it looks bad. It's really, really loud, man. I mean, Tony Romo totally. mentioned over and over and over again how it was the loudest stadium he'd been in all year. The official on the aerial all twenty-two view is coming in, clearly doing overhead, it. Yeah, he's clearly doing it, waving the playoff before it starts. I thought, you know, just a number of things that that aren't getting talked about. I thought on Sky Moore's huge return that set up the Pat Mahomes play, a clinical. This is teaching tape for referees blocking the back to allow him to get out the edge. It wasn't violent. He, the guy didn't get shoved forward ten yards, but two hands back of the of the Kansas City or the uh the, the Bengals player allows for him to get around the edge that's a block in the back you you back it up from there different game but overall both teams had opportunities both teams had chances a classic really really fun it just bums you out though that it ends up kind of being the, the center stage ends up being refs right or wrong right it just it because it, it took away I think from what was an outstanding and awesome championship well game. I just want fewer flags in general less involvement I would much prefer what you're talking about where you go, hey, that was a block in the back, or hey, wasn't that a hold there that didn't mm-hmm. get called? I will take that over the constant penalties in the big moments of these games where it just feels more like, and I know you can't not call things that are obvious that you see, but it does 
feel better if the teams are just playing football yeah. rather than the refs are having more of a say. And I do think that there was that second game specifically, there were times where the tempo of the game was affected. You know, where we're sitting around and we're waiting and we're wondering what is going on and there's a meeting happening. I just didn't think it was a good day for that crew. Is the officiating in the league getting worse? I don't really buy that necessarily. I think it's getting more scrutinized. Like, we're smarter now. Everyone has an opinion. We've got more camera views and technology is better. I have a hard time saying that refs are worse now than they were 20 years ago. I think the game's faster. I think that's it. I think for all sports. I I think it's just getting harder to officiate. The job is getting harder. When an umpire showed up in the 1980s, there's like one guy throwing 95. And now you got to call, you know, 102 mile an hour cutters, ball or strike. I mean, it's, it's just more difficult. We've got advancements and they don't use them. For example, we still, this is, you know, how many billions is the league worth? How many billions change hands simply because of that game this past Sunday or, you know, either one of these championship games? And we're still doing the following thing. Play clock is down to three. Two, one, official looks up. It's zero. Okay, let me move my eyes very slowly. Almost a two-second grace period. Ah, they snapped the ball close enough. No, a giant air horn should go off. The t- the time itself should stop. They've got that technology. We just say, eh, whatever. I got there should be no yeah, whatever. This is the NFL, dude. You can yeah, whatever my son's my son's nine-year-old game that the kid get the shot off in time or not. That's a that's a yeah, whatever situation. Not the NFL. But it just happens so routinely, we just kind of gloss over it. I mean, the, the way they spot the ball, uh, the, the the first down that Marquez Valdez-Scantling got, the official was a yard shy. So that, is, to me, luck. was amazing. On, on that overturned play, we have always heard it has to be irrefutable. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way you can tell me that it's irrefutable. When he is in the middle of the field, reaching out, it looks like he gets to the yard marker for sure. But from the side view and certainly from... You know, I know you don't use that yellow stripe, but every look that we had, it didn't look like he was all the way there. Right. So I would have spotted the ball six inches shy or whatever, you know, a foot away maybe at most. But to say unequivocally, without the slightest hint of trepidation, he got the first down, which is what we've always been told is the threshold. Uh huh. I was pretty blown away by that. Well, but even that, it's the wording I think is unfair. So in other words, let's say here, here's what I know: the official where he spotted the ball was not correct. We both agree there, right? He was short of where the where, yes. where Scant- Valdez Scantling actually was. Yardage than he gave him. But when they challenge it, it's it's got to be he got the first down or he didn't on a binary. It should be, hey, this spot's wrong, right? This spot is you know almost two and a half feet short of where you said he was. Put it there so I got fourth and an inch instead of fourth and a yard, right? But the, the but if it, they'd say, if they'd said nope, he didn't get the first down, then Andy Reid loses the challenge right there, which I thought he was going to. Well, so he would have lost the challenge, but. They could have moved the spot of the ball closer, which is to me what made the most sense, frankly. Well, yeah, that I, so. But like, you remember the ref said the the Chiefs are challenging the ruling on the field that no, the I runner understand. was short of the line yeah. again. I'm going. He might have been short, but he was also two feet further than what you just said. So I wonder the specifics on that. I, I wonder if Reed just challenged the spot as opposed to the first down. Mm-hmm. If you're right, we spotted the ball wrong. We move it up two feet, and you won your challenge. Let's just say. Right. I wonder if that's possible. I don't know. I don't know the semantics of that. But that didn't look right either. Uh, as far as the Chiefs go, though, you had some unlikely heroes. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes, again, on one leg gets all the credit, and deservedly. Kelsey with a bad back was awesome, had 78 yards and a touchdown. But Juju Smith-Schuster could barely walk after the game was hurt. Nicole Hardman got banged up. They were down multiple receivers, so you had Sky Moore with an elevated role. And the Marquez Valdez-Scantling game 
unfolds in front of our eyes. I mean, they have not targeted him, involved him, really. He has been an afterthought in that offense. They brought him in this offseason as a deep threat, and he became the go-to guy. Mahomes hooking up with him six catches for 116 yards and a touchdown for Valdez-Scantling yesterday. And then Butker, who's had a really bad second half, if you guys watch Chiefs games since coming back from injury, he's been very inconsistent. He kicks them to the Super Bowl with a 45-yarder. I can't imagine he would have hit from 60. <laughs> uh, what's the uh, the Kanye West line uh, that he said at the uh, award show? People wanted to know what I'd do if I didn't win. I, I guess we'll never know. He wouldn't have hit from 60, but I guess we'll never know, right? S- uh, sneaky Isaiah Pacheco out of the backfield. Nobody could run the ball. Apologies to run the dang ball, people. Sorry, you had to watch that game. Uh, it was fun for the rest of us, though. Five catches for 59 yards well surpassing his previous five games combined. Not a great receiver out of the backfield. Certainly looked like it yesterday. Correct. Huge yards in there. Huge. Game balls to the best and gassers to the worst from this weekend's action from Championship Sunday. Let's open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines for you guys. Who were you most impressed by? Who were you most disappointed by? What was the best? What was the worst thing that happened yesterday? Give out a game ball and a gasser. We've got ours ready to go next on Grant and Danny. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hurts going to give it to Scott. Racing around the edge. Scott is in. Touchdown, Philadelphia. The Eagles' offensive line, best in football against San Francisco's run-stuffing front seven, arguably the best in football. Advantage Philadelphia. Welcome back, Grant and Danny. 
on the fan. I don't know how I should feel about San Francisco's defense ultimately letting down. They hung around for a long time in that game. They, they did. They gave them every chance, and it really wasn't until Josh Johnson couldn't collect a snap that was right to his hands that they gave up a 30-yard scoring drive right before the half where they wilted, and at that point it was 21-7. But even after that, they only gave up 10 points. Playing as a unit against one of the great offenses and great teams in the NFL, knowing they were getting no help. So it's hard to blame San Francisco a bunch. Uh, let's open up the phones, 800-636-1067. You got a game ball for the best or a gasser for the worst from Championship Sunday. Game ball for me, please, Darius. Howie Roseman, a general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's something Washington doesn't have, and they should. Every second they don't have one is an insult to anybody with any intelligence. Anyway, they picked 10th in this upcoming draft. That's ahead of the Washington Commanders, by the way. Just a fun little side note to remember. His assembly of talent, his outstanding acumen, his ability to maneuver around the draft has led to their most talented players, setting themselves up for not only this year, but a nice little run in the future. Howie Roseman, game ball. We didn't know what Patrick Mahomes would look like. The story all week long was this is a high ankle sprain, and a week after a high ankle sprain, there's no chance you're going to be able to play at a high level at that position. He looked like Patrick Mahomes, and he was not able to move quite the same way, but he threw for 326 yards and two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, game ball. Hassan Reddick of the Eagles, two sacks, a tackle for a loss, a quarterback hit, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. And I thought he had another one, to be honest with you, on a tackle where he ripped the ball away from Josh Johnson, whose you know, hind parts were barely grazing the ground when Reddick ended up uh, with what could have been another fumble recovery. He was dominant, but uh, that was part of a dominant pass rusher group. But Hassan Reddick gets himself a gamer. San Francisco 49ers staff. If you want to say Kyle Shanahan, you could say Kyle Shanahan. Why didn't we challenge the Devontae Smith near catch that wasn't, that went for a catch early in the game? That is a question they might be asking themselves in a meeting this morning as they go over yesterday's proceedings. In a game where offense was going to be at a premium to help cap a 66-yard drive for a touchdown, Miles Sanders goes up the ladder, makes a wonderful catch, it would appear. But he immediately got up and gave a signal, which I hadn't really seen before, where he's punching his knuckles together. And I'm sitting on my couch at home. Is that a celebration? Just me. And I said to my wife, oh, he didn't catch the ball. She's like, sure he did. I said, well, why is he trying to get them to the line? Why is he so desperate to get a playoff? Generally a good tell if the receiver, who supposedly just made the acrobatic catch on fourth down, is desperately trying to get his teammates on the ball for a snap, that maybe he should throw that little red flag. And I could see if it's the end of the game, you can't risk a timeout Mm -hmm. or you only have one challenge left and you prioritize. Well, maybe we'll hold them to a field goal. Uh, We we can't not have a timeout. It's just too important. First half of a game. No one had done anything yet. On a fourth down, when you're going to take over possession, I think you just got to get that red flag out and throw it and take your chances. I thought that was a big mistake. It, It did not make the difference in the game. The difference in the game happened when Brock Purdy got hurt and subsequently Josh Johnson got hurt. But still, it was really clear that Devontae Smith did not think he caught the football. And San Francisco just didn't seem all that interested in challenging the play. There needed to be more urgency there. 
It was in a loss, but T. Higgins was a bad dude. Six catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Again, just as a quick side, I will never understand why people didn't seem to want that guy coming out of Clemson. All he is is big, strong, fast, productive, great hands, makes catches in traffic. I know he may not be your prototypical number one, but he's a hell of a number two, and he helped bring the Bengals back into that game. I thought Christian McCaffrey was still a beast in a loss. His touchdown run, I think it was the 23-yard run where he broke a tackle. Should have been a loss. One of the runs of the year. Ended up with 84 rushing yards and had another 22 through the air. In a game where there were no quarterbacks. <laughs> Everyone knows you're running the football. You got one of the great defenses in the league coming downhill at you. Good luck. Reminds me of, your boy was not a particularly good football player, but I played rec football years and years ago as a little kid. And we went to Richmond for a game. And in the first five to seven minutes of this game where they ended up having a running clock and we lost by so much that all the parents were you know, embarrassed for us, mm-hmm. we lost two or three of our running backs. And this is not a bit. My coach just said, hey, will you just take some handoffs and just try to go forward? And I was like, yeah. And, and he just put me in. He's like, you're going to be my fullback. I'm like, all right. Cool. I was the tight end. We never threw it. And so they just, this is what we did. On first down through fourth down, with a running clock and the other team didn't get the ball, they would just turn around and hand it to me, and I would have to run forward and get the annihilated by guys that were twice my size. Isn't that fun? And then every play we would do that, yeah. and then eventually the game ended. That That's literally how we ended the game. That's what Christian McCaffrey was doing, the Lord's work on Sunday. There's no one left, man. It's just you and Debo. You're going to take your turns getting walloped at the line of scrimmage. Hey, Coach, can I take a break? No, you may not. I was impressed by old C-Mac Christian McCaffrey. Chris Jones, that's a bad dude right there. Which of his eight pressures and six quarterback hits, even though he got doubled on 31 of 38 snaps, was your favorite? He lined up all over the place. He hit the quarterback so many times. He had a couple of sacks. He had three TFLs. I mean, Mahomes is going to get the headlines, and rightfully so, because he was incredible on you know an ankle and a half. But Chris Jones might be the reason they won that football game, dude. That is an awesome football player. That guy should be all pro. That guy should. He had an Aaron Donald-like impact in that game. What a performance. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, six for a buck 16 and a touchdown. Where did that come from? Do people realize this season how little involvement he had in this offense for the most part? He had one catch for six yards against the Jaguars. He had a huge game to end the season when they were resting some guys there at the tail end of the year where he had three catches for 27 yards. A buck 16 and a major tutty for Marquez Valdez Scantling. You needed him to step up. They were out of wide receivers, and he did. It's so hum, but Travis Kelsey, 7 for 78 and a touchdown. I thought maybe this would be the, all right, no matter what, we're not going to let that guy be this. And he was still instrumental uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's maybe the best tight end ever. I mean, he's approaching that kind of status. I know that's blasphemous to some, but I think he's on his way. He'll end up at the top of almost every record book in terms of catches, yards, touchdowns. He he had wide receiver one type productivity this year, uh, despite not having that deep throw to Tyreek Hill. Joseph Osai, I don't need to beat him up anymore because I'm, I'm worried about the guy, frankly. I mean, hide the sharp objects. But uh, Joseph Osai, who was beside himself after the penalty, really, really bad penalty. Let me get one more quick gasser. Am I alone here? I thought that the call in the San Francisco Philly game, the roughing the punter, 
when the dude just won inside, he's being held badly, and then he gets shoved into a punter. He got pushed. He got held, didn't get called, fine. It happens all the time. Uh-huh. Then he got pushed into the punter. Uh-huh. Barely touches the punter, but the punter sells it, does a good job. There was a little bit of contact, landed on the ground under the punter. And then he gets flagged 15 yards as the game's already spiraling, spiraling out of control. To me, that was my least favorite call of the day, probably, I would say. That reminded me of goalie interference, which I'll never know which way it's going to go when they review it. I just know that it goes against the Capitals. That's how that's how fans must have felt in that one. I thought that call was terrible. Uh, let me get a thumbs down. On behalf of the show, all four of us in our confidence points picks believes that uh, Joe Mixon would go over in yardage. Oof. Joe Mixon screwed me in the Super Bowl last year. I was the intern because he, for the for the first time in months and months and months, exceeded the yardage total on Darius won, and I lost. This week, we all lost. Eight carries, 19 yards, three receptions, 15 yards. Quite simply, not impactful at all in this game. Now, it's not all his fault, but at the same time, it still stinks. How much Samaj P. Ryan do we need? And I know that Jay Gruden's going to come on the show today at 5 o'clock, and I'm fired up to ask Jay about Samaj P. Ryan, Ryan, man. man. I'm really happy about Samaj P. Ryan still being in the league, having a role, being on a good team. Like, I am. I was one of the few Samaj P. Ryan guys in D.C., if you remember. I do remember that. You were. He was on the then Redskins. I need him to not split carries with Joe Mixon in the AFC Championship game. You know what I mean? It would be cool if Joe Mixon... Got a little bit more of that work. And people love to say, well, Samaje is a better blocker. That's cool. I'm not upset that he's blocking, okay? I'm upset when he gets that football a lot more than Joe Mixon does for major stretches Three of the catches, game. four yards. How about the one where he ran the route and got hit in the chest because he wasn't ready for it? Uh, give me one more gasser. Who wants it, Terry Bradshaw or everyone on Twitter? Which one do you want? First of all, stop having Terry Bradshaw do things publicly. Terry Bradshaw on the podium after a team just got the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl needs Mm -hmm. to not happen anymore. There are professionals that can do this. Hire one of them. Get someone who is a professional. on the. If you want to have him on the set doing his little Terry Bradshaw thing, that's fine. He has earned the right. He is entertaining to someone, not me, but to someone, to, to sit there and to do the Terry Bradshaw thing. I'm sure my parents still love him. Like, that's perfectly fine. Let's hire someone who cannot make the presentation extremely awkward and uncomfortable to watch, who could just be smooth and apt as a broadcaster for that moment. The Twitter thing, though. What's that one? That one is, you're going to see a lot of this now. My picks didn't go through correctly and or my bets were wrong or my team didn't win, so the NFL is rigged. The NFL is not rigged, people. This game is not scripted. Nothing is scripted. If your thing didn't work, I'm sorry. Get over yourselves. But have you noticed since sports betting has come into play, everyone thinks everything is rigged all the time now. Mm. No, it's because your thing didn't work. You know how mad I am that Isaiah Pacheco just didn't get any carries? You know how many bad beats I had this weekend? Lots of them. Lots of bad beats. My wife and I are sitting down last night talking about if I need to stop betting on sports because I'm so bad at it, okay? I've had so many bad beats. There's no beats left. There's no beats left. After the last couple weekends for your boy. Nothing's rigged. No no one has planned this out like a wrestling match where they're going through their moves. Okay? Yeah. That's not what's happening here. But you're seeing the reaction from everyone, pretending like that's the case. Interesting. Because their thing didn't happen. I hadn't drawn that correlation, but I actually think there is one. It makes sense. 
And by the way, your boy has risen from the ashes. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a great Super Bowl. Okay, that's there what, we go. That's what we decided. That's how you turn it around. That's what we decided in that meeting. <laughs> is that everything is fine? Your boy is going to. It's it's all coming back to us in the Super Bowl. Ah, see, see this face. Yes, confidence. I believe in that face. I am projecting confidence. There are two coaching hirings we should talk about: an OC job that looks like a match made in heaven out west, and a head coaching job could be getting filled by the top candidate on the market. We'll get to those things next right here on Grant and Danny on The Fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. At the top of the hour at 3 o'clock, Rex Ryan has some hot commander's takes we're going to get into. He thinks that they're going to get a new owner, and that new owner might get a new general manager and a new head coach and a new quarterback, and that all that might happen this offseason. And to that I say, I've never been more sure. But we're going to play the audio and react to it coming up at the top of the hour. How about this news out of the NFL? We'll start with the Texans and D'Amico Ryans. He's the D coordinator of San Francisco rocket ship, just a rising star name in the National Football League after the last couple of years coordinating the 49ers. Sounds like D'Amico Ryans is going to take the Houston Texans job. I I kind of, I want better for him. I do too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm rooting for that guy. I want one of his buddies to pull him aside and say, Are you sure? Not her, man. You could do better than her, bro. The, this organization under Nick Casario has hired and fired Two coaches in the last two years, David Culley and Lovey Smith. Now, neither of those guys was as ready for the job or qualified, not to say that they weren't, in Lovey's case, able to be a head coach. But D'Amico Ryan's is a far and away better hire than both of them. But it should disqualify them, in my opinion, from getting me if I'm D'Amico Ryan's. They are, right now, from an ownership and a GM standpoint, a laughingstock. They're a disaster. They are a dysfunctional team. He could have the pick of the litter. And I know this year is not great because the Panthers was the best job and it's gone. I would make the case Indianapolis is a better job right now, among others, than Houston. But 
wait a year then. But he does. He played for the Texans. That was home for him for many years, and it seems like that's where he wants to be. I get it. I mean, I, it feels like he, he finished playing like two or three years ago. I mean, it's probably more than that by now, but still, like that guy could write his own ticket to your point. I mean, to me, I would go for the sake of argument. Let's go to Denver and bring in Kellen Moore to see if we can, you know, rehabilitate uh, Russell Wilson or something like that. It just feels like it's doomsday if you go to Houston. Like, there's nothing that you could – you could be the greatest coach of all time, and it feels like there's no way to be set up for for success down there right now. Speaking of Kellen Moore, I love this hire. So, Kellen Moore over the weekend, your ultimate middle of a championship Sunday news drop, McCarthy and the Cowboys are moving on from Kellen Moore. He's out as the O.C., and the play caller after years of success in Dallas to the point where he has been on radars interviewing even this cycle for head coaching jobs. Some of that is that you have success in Dallas. So you're more famous than if you have success, you know, in, so anywhere else. Really. They've scored points, though, under him. They absolutely. They move the ball. They score points. Mm-hmm. Kellen Moore was available for like 19 seconds because he took the job this morning as the new OC in L.A. with the Chargers. He is going to be operating the offense with Justin Herbert for Brandon Staley. Such a good fit. I love this for Herbert. I like this for Moore. Probably will be there a year maybe and get a head coaching job if things go well. You win a playoff game or two. But it also makes me wonder if the Cowboys forced him out or if he kind of almost laterally said, hey, we can just part ways and I got this thing lined up with Brandon Staley that's going to be pretty good for me. So there were a couple coaches on the Cowboys staff that that – got the boot or like they agreed to part ways or whatever it was. It, it was very cryptic. It felt like it was the Cowboys idea because Mike McCarthy, I think appointed himself the play caller, which will be fascinating to see how that goes. But I don't know. I, it, it's one of those things where we, you kind of gone as far as you can there, right? You're not going to be the head coach here. All you've done is put up good numbers. Even with worse talent this year, they still were a top five offensive team in terms of points scored and you know top ten in terms of some of the metrics that you, that you look at for a good offense, despite not having Amari Cooper and you know and, and Michael Gallup available for most of the season. He's pretty good. He's he's now going. Where can I be a head coach? What's my path? I think that's a great path. From to your point, there's also a fun rumor we could talk about and a new linking that I like, which is the Commanders and Eric Bieniemy. Uh, we'll get into this in a lot of detail in the 4 o'clock hour today at 425. We can take some calls on it. But Eric Bieniemy to me, would be a wonderful hire for Washington as an OC. Yep. I know a lot of people say there's no way he'd leave Kansas City to come here. I'm not so sure that's the case because even though I don't think he should have to leave the Chiefs because Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson got jobs when they weren't calling plays living in Andy Reid's shadow, it seems like, for whatever reason, he's going to have to leave the Chiefs and call his own plays and do his own thing and run his own offense to get a head coaching job. I still, though, think there are other better OC jobs than Washington's. Here's the problem, though. While I'm pro enemy and I like the way he very likely, from working with Andy Reid, is going to see offense, I don't see how that would be a fit at all for the Rivera and Marty party. They want to run the ball. The Chiefs run the ball when they have to. Like They run the ball like you and I eat vegetables. Yeah, they'll also run it. They run the ball because someone's making them do it before they can get their ice cream. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So Eric Bieniemy doesn't seem to make a lot of sense for me with the way these guys are going about the process and what they're looking for. But if it was my process, it'd be very, very different. Yeah, if Danny's in charge, that's the call. And Bieniemy would be a, a great hire. Well, to your point real quick, he probably does have to leave the nest. Just sort of fly on his own, then he can be a better candidate for head coaching jobs. Which is why I do think he'll be elsewhere, whether it's Washington or somewhere else next season. Apparently him and Andy Reid had a meeting... Last offseason where he almost left. It's very, very possible. 
They are Super Bowl bound, though. He won't have to worry about it for a week. Let's do this next. There is a stat that came out of the Eagles-Niners game that would have me really worried if I was the Chiefs. I'm going to tell you what that stat is. Plus, the Rex Ryan rumors and hot takes on the Commanders that he was spitting on national TV yesterday. Right here on Grant and Danny on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 